Welcome back everyone to the Recovery Edgecast. This is the start of season two and we got some cool changes coming up um, just to be more consistent and to add some spice here to the to the podcast. I'm going to introduce my new co-host and new wife, Kayla. Want to introduce yourself? Hello friends. Kayla and me have uh, known each other for, I don't know, four years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, we we just got married a couple months ago. We did, and so the show's gonna change a little bit, but I think you're gonna like it. We're gonna um, try to be more consistent, and having a co-host will help a lot. Um, we're gonna have several guests, of course. Um, we're just gonna do whatever we can to keep this more consistent. Consistency is the key word of the day. Yep. So. Um, after what, almost a three month hiatus, here we are, we're back. I think what we want to do is just kind of talk about ourselves a little bit today. Um, maybe how we met and how our progress has gone from, uh, you know, day one of us meeting to, to today, you know, I met you in, uh, I met you in the rooms. Um, I don't know if that was obvious to everyone or not, but, uh. We met. Uh, why don't you tell us how we met? Let's hear your side. Okay. Well, um, so the day we met, I had been sober for three days. So <laughs> not a mm-hmm. lot of sobriety going on right there. Um, you know, I just came into the rooms. And um, when I got sober, I I just was thinking like, what, what do normal people do on a Friday night if they don't drink? And I couldn't come up with anything. Uh, so I went to an AA meeting and, and then I went to another AA meeting. And at that second one was the Friday night, the New Hope. And the people there uh, invited me out to dinner and I didn't have anything going on. So I went with them and that was the first night that we met. I remember being introduced to you, and I was like, well, this girl is pretty, and I'm not going to talk to her, you know. <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy. Um, and we shared a lot of uh, our stories in, in the same meetings. Um, that first year was pretty crazy for you, right? You were really just puzzling life together again, picking up the pieces and stuff. And uh, I remember just having dinner with you sometimes and just talking through a lot of this stuff. Sometimes just talking in the car with you, yeah. you know, uh, about life and what was going on with, with your life. And then my life, too. Uh, you know, sometimes there'd be, you know, I'd be like feeling sad or something and you would we would talk about it. And you were kind of like that little texting friend, like, how you doing? Like in the morning and stuff like that, you know? Yep. It was pretty cool. Um, you, though, started getting busy into service work pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, I wasn't going to school yet and I uh, didn't work and it wasn't like I had kids to take care of. So I had a lot of free time on my hands and I was very scared of drinking. So I just kept going to meetings and then people just kept 
offering me more and more service positions. Um, and so I took a service position just organizing like a ladies night, kind of like an event planner. Um, and that led to other people noticing that I was taking service work. And one of those people were you and or was you. And so, um, yeah, there, I still remember sitting outside of the New Hope Church um, waiting for the doors to open one night or one afternoon and you telling me that I should go for a secretary. And I just thought like, oh my gosh, I could never do that job. And they, so I kept turning you down. And then one day you just like asked me why. And I told you I didn't have the sobriety for it because they had a year minimum. And I have, I was only sober like that day for 90 days. Um, and you said it wouldn't be a problem and had them take a vote and they voted, home group members voted that I could serve as secretary. And that was like really my first official service position. But, um, you know, that's been a common, I guess, thread woven between you and I's relationship was that we've done lots of service together like lots of service on our own too but a lot of our projects we worked on together mm -hmm. yeah back then um I do remember we had some service positions open and I think I was doing a I had a uh, secretary service position myself that that was one of my first positions in Denver so I was like, I would never ask somebody to do something I wouldn't know how to do, you know. Mm -hmm. But that was a lot of fun um, those days. I remember how you were, you weren't that shy, I don't think. You know, you were kind of out, <laughs> you were kind of social, friendly with, with people. And um, you had started to make some friends in AA, I think. And one thing that I noticed was that you made a lot of friends that were females and you guys had started to form like a core little, um, I don't know if it, the right word is group, but you guys were just close friends and you would come into the meetings together. and The tribe, that's yeah. what they are. Yep. Mm -hmm. My inner circle. Yeah. Um, so you got into the, the deep end pretty fast in AA. And for me, what that means is like you got in and you got busy and you made friends and that's kind of how I uh imagine the deep end of AA like you just jump all in and uh having friends and responsibilities kind of helps keep you afloat you know I um remember when I used to be bored and I had no I didn't know what I was going to do um and instead of drinking in my early sobriety, I would come home and I would just be like, well, I'm going to stare at this clock for a few hours, <laughs> you know, uh, and try not to drink. And I would I would listen to the podcast, AA podcast all night. Um, and then something in my head just told me, like, you got to get busy or you're not going to um, maintain your sobriety. And uh, that's when I started to get more involved myself. Um you know, I got involved by, like, our friend Joey. We can talk about him. Yay, Joey. Uh, he actually made me 
set up chairs and open the meeting in Firestone. This was before you got there because yep. you got to that meeting when they moved locations. And when it was at the smaller place, that's where I met Joey and he got me busy into, you know, he's like, you're going to open the doors and set up the chairs and make coffee. And I did that. And for me, it helped because I was like, oh my God, these guys are counting on me. I can't, I don't <laughs> want to be that guy to be like, oh, like I can't, you know, because over or I drank or whatever it meant a lot in my head um so after you had a couple sponsors that kept you on the on that straight path I think in your early years who really helped you um what kind of restrictions did you give yourself to like keep you safe or how did your life change well in that first in the first couple years I would say, like, one of the biggest, I guess, restrictions, um, quote, unquote, was that I took a vow of celibacy for a year and was very, um, I took that very serious. Now, in the beginning, I was very bitter and angry that I did it, but I was like, oh, whatever, this is what they're telling me to do. I guess I'm going to do it. Um But as I took service positions and eventually went back to college and, you know, started, I guess, just growing and expanding myself, I I really grew up in a emotionally and mentally um, over the past few years. And so as I started doing that, um, dating was no longer, I guess, the... my primary thought and I became very successful at what I was doing and so then it went so well I decided to take another year of celibacy (laughs) yeah I remember that because I was like oh she's not gonna date for another year (laughs) and by then it was already obvious that I had uh, formed a crush on you and Mm -hmm. um Apparently, it wasn't as secretive as I thought in my head. Like, everybody kind of knew um, that that I had eyes for you or something. And I remember just looking around like, are you guys hearing this? Another <laughs> yeah. year? What am I going to do? I mean, Well, that's... you kept yourself quite busy. That's and right. And you um, became DCM. Mm-hmm. and you got working and did really great things for the district, brought a lot of pride back to the district, brought a lot of events, but, you know, a lot of things that that district hadn't seen for a while. I, I think I like to think of it that I was popped into the right place at the, at the right time because it was like during COVID and I was like, okay, well, I just want to show that the lights are still on in AA and that there's still a place to go and that we're still, you know, active. And, um, I think we did that. We, we did a lot. It was a lot of fun, but yeah, while you were doing your thing, I was doing my thing mm-hmm. as well. And we were both staying busy with, um, our own recovery and, and service work. And it really worked out for our benefit later. Um, when we had our friend, uh, Joey, who actually did his, uh, story on the, on this podcast, um, we went and visited him in his, in his final days because he had gotten really sick. And, yeah, um, that was really hard. Yeah. And that was one of those moments that 
also brought us together on a more intimate level, um, not necessarily just through like service work or anything like that. Because I wasn't like trying to put the moves on you in AA or anything like that. Nope, you never hit on me. You were never (laughs) inappropriate. You never, you know, were disrespectful. Like you always just like gave me the room um, or the space to grow and get sober and do my thing. But you always let me know that you were there for me. And, um, you know, that if I ever needed help or needed anything. But um, I think that was one of the kind of like magical things that we've always had between each other was there's these certain, um, I guess, like vulnerable, but just hard life moments. Um, Like when Joey passed away that we've, you know, always been there for each other and that made us grow a lot closer more than just uh you know kind of doing service work and keeping it professional Mm -hmm. I think well a couple questions for you though how important was it for you to not date for those couple years and how did that change your perspective like how did it help you stay sober now looking back Well, I think that, I don't know, I'm just one of those girls that something happens to me when I drink. I end up being with these men that are just, like, horrible for me. And, um, you know, I had my own part in the toxic equation with it, too, and my own struggles with addiction. But um, that was quite my Achilles heel for... A good amount of time and so uh, just like I needed to get rid of you know old ideas um, about alcohol and drugs and whatever else like men were on that list for me too and um, so I I really had to learn to love myself first um, and not look for validation in the opposite sex um, and you know and work on me before I could even think about introducing anybody else into my life. Yeah. And when you were ready for that, at that point, me and you had done a lot of work on ourselves. And more importantly, we had done a lot of work for others or just getting out of ourselves by doing service work. Um, The little things in, in AA that, I, I kind of always like to compare it to the Karate Kid, you know, where you're like, uh, have you seen that? Is that before your time? Like you're a little I'm sure I saw it and then slept through the second half of it. Okay. So in the Karate Kid, like he's doing these tasks for for his sensei or his trainer guy. And he's like, why am I washing a car and all this stuff? And to me, that's kind of what AA felt like at first is like, why am I, you know, making coffee or setting up chairs. I, I want, I want their secret to getting sober. You know, I want, I want that black belt already. And I didn't know how all of that was just building the foundation for making a better man out of me. And it did. I, um, I, I learned some responsibility and accountability and taking pride in what I do (laughs) and just, um, understanding that, God has me somewhere for a reason, you know, as long as my intentions are always good 
and I have purpose, then I can feel confident like that. Um, and when we started dating, that was, it was a few months after, almost, I don't know, maybe almost a year after Joey had passed away or Joey six passed months. away in July and we started dating in November. Okay. You know, November, yeah. But I think, you know, there was uh, these these vulnerable times that we were there for each other. I know that there was, in sobriety, I had to um, file bankruptcy. And I my bills is something that I used to drink over. And so that was very scary for me to, you know, um, pick up that paperwork and get going with it. Um, and... Then out of the blue, you called me and you walked me through it and let me know like I was just filling out some paperwork that I could put my name there and I could put, you know, fill out these different things and um, how that was very much a financial amends and how keeping my uh, finances under control was would be linked to my sobriety it's kind of like what you're talking about. Like, I didn't understand then, like, what I was doing. I just was told by the my sponsor, like, you need to clean this up and, and file this bankruptcy. And, um, yeah, and it, you don't know till later after you do the work that you're like, oh, that is definitely linked. But, you know, we had the bankruptcy thing. Um, your mom got COVID, and that was... We've had lots of conversations on the phone about that, um, you know, like with me having a chronic lung illness and being in a hospital. I knew quite well what it's like to be there for weeks on end. Um, and another one was Joey passing away, you know. like I lost a sister when I was a teenager, and I thought I would be fine going and seeing Joey. And he was in... Uh, in-home hospice and right before I left I just had all this fear of it reminded me of when my sister died and that was a big time where my drinking and drug use kicked up was after her death and I was just a teenager myself um, but I got very scared and luckily by then I had enough sobriety to know to call another alcoholic and you're who I called, and you dropped what you were doing at work and came right over and met me at Joey's and interviewed him there, and then I just cried in the corner, and I was so grateful for you because um, I, I just kept thinking, like, I wouldn't want to be there by myself just crying, and, like, you kept it light and funny and kept things moving along, you know, so... Um, yeah, it's those moments really um, bonded us, I guess. And I remember you not really being in a corner. You were up there in the front with me, and we were just chatting with Joey and um, really just being present with him. It was it was something that I'll never forget. You know, I, uh, I think Joey, I've said it in meetings before that Joey really taught me how to leave with dignity, yes. you know. And I asked him, I was like, why stay sober now? You know, and he was just like, I'm going to finish the race. You know, he's going to finish the race. And it's like, 
man, that was uh, I learned a lot from 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 our friend Joey. Um, sometimes I I remember him because I I had a reminder on my phone to text him on the day of his mother passing, just to randomly text him, and I would text him, you know. Um, I think his mother had passed a few years ago, and so I would text him on that day, and he wouldn't think anything of it. And it was just kind of cool. Just I was just like, "Hey, what's up? You know, hope you're doing good and whatever." And um, I I have a voicemail from him on my phone where he's like, "I don't remember what he's saying." He's like, "Happy Turkey Day" or something, you know, from Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. it was fun. He was always reaching out, you know, just randomly out of nowhere with his silliness. Yeah, but, and uh, I think that. Um you know, when I think about people like Joey, who've had a uh, remarkable impact on on my sobriety, and I know for yours as well, um, I think about how grateful I am that you started this podcast, um, because, you know, we may not have Joey with us, but, like, we have his story when you recorded it, and can always, like, go back and hear his voice, and hear him tell a story, and I think that's something you know, really special. Um, so I'm so grateful to be doing the podcast with you now and to be, um, you know, that we can share this and then bring more stories to listeners. I know during the pandemic when I was newly sober, um, I'd be cleaning out a room or something and like house cleaning was something that I would drink through. I just thought it was more fun to I don't know, mop the floor after a few shots. Mm -hmm. The floor never got mopped, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I made a bigger mess with the cleaning supplies than (laughs) when I started. But um, in sobriety, you know, I had a clean house and um, turning on the podcast and listening to the stories and hearing the people's, you know, voice and um, was so soothing to my soul and made me feel not alone at a time, especially during the early days of COVID when we had to isolate. So, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful that you started this and we can hear our friends' stories and share this with them. Yeah, I'm really grateful for everybody, all the friends who stepped up to do it, um, who agreed to to share their story. And I know it's not for everybody because I'll get rejected every now and then. It's like, Okay. Sure. But everybody has their own their own thing, you know, it's okay. Um, but when I do get people, I'm just so grateful for it. And I love hearing people's stories. Um, that's one of the things I missed during the pandemic was just going to the speaker meetings. And um, I was able to kind of cheat my way and make mm-hmm. my own speaker meeting, you know. And uh, a lot of great – everybody's – typically still around from you know those uh those recordings there's just just a couple people that did it or that um have passed away or you know i think maybe a couple went out i'm not sure but after the pen or after it was all said and done you know a lot changed in aa throughout that landscape and but change is just something that we all deal with change is just constant and Together, me and you um, found a new home group and a couple, you know, our patterns have changed for AA. Um, I'm happy that I am hitting my Denver meeting a couple times a week now because work has opened back up and uh, you've been able to find a great sponsor out here. Um, 
and so yeah, my sponsorship has changed as well. You know, with our uh, our friends out here in our hometown, and life just keeps moving along. And like I said, when I would tell myself when uh, I would when I knew you were going to be somewhere or something, or I was <laughs> going to meet with you, I was always like, just show up and don't be a bonehead. God will do the rest. You know. Yeah. And that's what I just did. And um, that's what I continue to do. Like as our life changes, it's like, hey, just do the heavy lifting. God will make the wine out of water. Like, you know, that's what I like to say for the miracle part. You know, just just carry the water and God will do the rest, you know. Um, so it's it's funny how things Isn't work out. Isn't that what you got the men say in the rooms? Like you're just to like chop wood and carry water or something? Something like that. We've... We don't say that in the women's meetings. Oh, you guys don't chop wood. <laughs> no. But that's a very like man's quote to do it. But yeah. yeah Speaking like of um, changes, I'm super excited for season two because we're going to bring a couple new things to the platform. We're going to not just have personal stories. We're going to have kind of well, you can tell, kind of like the AA meetings. and Yeah, and we've had a couple episodes like this a couple of years ago, but um, it just, uh, what we want to do is just have little gatherings here mm-hmm. and on and record them, like just have little meetings um, with a few of us and just bring up a topic and then discuss it. Why not? Um, it's just something that helps keep the podcast going, I think, and keeps us more consistent and interesting i've done these in the past before and they're so cool like you have like four or five people sitting around a table and just having a meeting pretty much only it's recorded and that's what's cool because um i think the more meetings that we can get on um like a recorded platform or or any way to distribute or push to people who may not be able to like get to a room or a meeting for whatever reason is is smart you know, we talk about, I don't know, like accessibility and things like that and people who may not be able to get to certain spots. And I don't know, I'm sometimes I'm like, oh, you're just ahead of your time. You know, this is for the future, you know, meetings <laughs> online or meetings on podcasts and things like that. There's just something different than doing a Zoom meeting and having to like go in and and like have a square on a screen and be called on or like how about just one that you can just listen to you know we got some cool ideas i'm excited for this season and um i finally decided that hey i think it's time to just call this season two already you know um the next chapter like the next chapter in our lives this is the next chapter in the podcast that's right and um, i'm so happy for all the episodes i got on the first season and you can tell where I was just getting started and trying to learn. And I was like, I don't know how to use this microphone and quality microphones and just my skills with talking to people. Like I just had a desire to do it. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. And, um, as further along we got, you know, it got better with, uh, with, with everyone, you know? Well, I'm so glad that you did decide to do it. And I know that, this podcast has saved my butt plenty of times, and there's plenty of other people that feel the same way. So, well, so thankful for it. I'm happy I can, uh, you know, 
I consider this stuff fun, so I'm happy that I can do something fun that's helpful. And uh, I'm really grateful for the people that have came on to share their story because that's what makes the podcast, you know, it's awesome. So um, that's me and you. And we just got married a couple months ago. Yep, we got married at the church Mm -hmm. that our old home group was at where we met. That's right. So that was very magical. Yeah. Um, It was... Everybody just thought that we were perfect together. They were like, oh, it's about time and a match made in heaven and whatever, (laughs) whatever. And it's been so cool to have everybody's support. But it's just different when you have uh, so many friends in AA who just see you on another level, you know, in a different, like in a different dimension almost, you know, because they get that side of your story and they know how far we've come, you know. like just not drinking anymore of course doing fun or doing like helping people with our like our evenings or something Mm -hmm. just things I would have never imagined doing I don't know 10 years ago I'd be like what you know (laughs) um so it's so cool to grow with people who are also growing um it makes things I don't know keeps it magical and um I always tell people, if I wasn't having fun in AA, I wouldn't be in AA. There's no way, you know. Yeah. So this has been fun. Being married to you, of course, has been fun, Kayla. <laughs> and I'm really excited for this chapter of our lives and and this podcast. It should be a lot of fun. Yay. So any final words before we depart from episode one here? Well, I was just thinking, like, um, you know, if anybody is listening to this and is interested in telling their story or, um, you know, wants to be part of one of our discussions when we bring in different topics or has an idea, like, they should reach out to either you or I and, you know, um, well, you can tell them where they can do that at. You can email me at uh, recoveryedge2020 at gmail.com. Um, you know, wherever you get this podcast, you can contact me as well. I should have a better way of communication soon. And I would love to get, if you're not from Colorado, like, and I don't really know you, that doesn't mean I don't want to hear your story. Reach out to me and we'll have a more, um, easier way of communicating with us so we're looking forward to hearing from you and hearing your story and i'm really excited for it so yeah all right that'll do it i think we'll wrap it up now and we should uh see you guys soon we won't take a three-month hiatus this time we have i got a few guests lined up and so it shouldn't be too long i'm really excited about them some new voices and some voices that I've wanted to uh, hear from for a long time. So I know you're going to love them and be excited for it as well. So that'll be a wrap. Perfect. All right. (laughs) Thanks, love. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Recovery Edge podcast. If you'd like to help support the show, you can Venmo us at Recovery Edge and your donation will go into helping server costs and other podcasting fees. It also helps us grow the show. So we appreciate it and thank you very much.